What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Brothers in Law Podcast. As always, I am Jesse McCoy, and I'm joined by the world's foremost legal humorist, Sean Carter. How are you doing, man? Doing, doing better, doing better. I'm, I'm doing um, 50-50. 50-50. Okay, well, what's, what's got you halfway down? <laughs> no, they still have the Senate, but but we got the House, uh, so right. I'm, 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 I'm going to take, take, take the 50-50. Okay, okay, makes sense. Well, um, as everybody knows, listening, uh, we had a very major election day, uh, results that turned out very differently than a lot of people expected them to uh, in states such as Florida and states such as Georgia and states such as Texas. I think the only one that is officially definitively over right now is uh, Texas with Beto O'Rourke. Uh, he has already conceded. I don't think that there's any threat of a recount coming as far as I've seen uh, on the news sites. And it looks like Ted Cruz wins again. And I, I'll tell you my issue with uh, the reporting behind uh, Beto's run. And, and my issue was that they were counting all of the primarily Democratic districts early so uh-huh. at the beginning of the night, it made it seem like this was a runaway for Beto. And then when you come back in about two and a half hours and you see, oh, no, Texas is now just being Texas. Uh, and all the red that colored in all the maps. It's very disappointing. Very disappointing. They did the same thing in Florida. Um, you know, and they did that two couple of years ago. I got, I was traveling yesterday, got into uh, the hotel. They were just sort of, you know, laying out the, the initial Florida um, early returns. And I'm looking at Gillum up. I'm like, this is good. Let me go All ahead right. and get my eggnog and Southern comfort, relax in comfort. <laughs> and then, you know, an hour later, I'm drinking straight out the bottle. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough night in uh, Florida A&M Nation, man. So this is this is the thing. There are a couple issues here. One, um, I don't want us to be too surprised or too far removed from uh, the consistent nature of Florida, which is Florida is and has always been a largely Republican state. When right. a Democrat wins Florida, it's generally because all of the people in those very populous areas, and by populous, I mean the areas that people who aren't from Florida think about when you hear the word Florida. <laughs> so your Miami, your Orlando, uh, your Fort Lauderdale, those areas typically are very, very progressive, very, very democratic. But I want people to understand that most of Florida is trailer parks. And when I say trailer parks, I'm talking about Port Charlotte. You've probably never heard of that. Orange Park, Florida. You've probably never heard of that. Lakeland. You've probably never heard of these places. Uh, and that is the vast majority of Florida. The joke in Florida is that anything past Tallahassee in North Florida is pretty much extra land donated by Mississippi and Alabama. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, I, I totally understand. <laughs> it, it, it drives me crazy, though. And let me tell you what, what, what totally drives me crazy about Florida is I actually know more about Florida than I want to know. Because now, every election, I'm yelling at the TV 
and, and, and at the counties, like like I'm like I'm watching the Lakers. Like, come on, Pasco, come on, get in the game, Pasco. What is wrong with you? You only forty percent. Oh, come on, man. Come on, Brown. Why you why you always late? Get in the game. Get in the game, Brown. You know, I'm calling these counties like they're, like they're my damn children. Um, and, and generally speaking, I, that's more about Florida than I want to know. Because like you said, it, it's all lower Alabama to me. I don't want to know anything about Florida except, like you said, the three places you go to. Um, and so, um, you know, if they can just, you know, count those ballots a little quicker, then I, I wouldn't have to deal with that. Well, herein lies the other issue, right? So there's this unicorn called voter suppression. Uh, Republicans don't seem to think it exists and <laughs> Democrats can't seem to go without finding it. Uh, so, so voter suppression has created this system wherein so many people, depending on how they voted or if the machines were broken or whatever the case may be, right. uh, causes a different result than may have been input into the system. And what I mean by that is if you look at the exit polling for Florida, they have a, a statistical anomaly that I have never seen before. And that statistical anomaly is that apparently, according to the exit polling, 18% of sisters voted for DeSantis, which I'm just sure that this is a computer error. Uh, I think that this needs to be investigated at the highest levels. Uh, and I think we need to see mainly because a Ron DeSantis presented no plan. So how anybody voted for him is just a racism vote. Uh, B, we know that he was connected to the, uh, I think last episode we were talking about these minstrel show robocalls that he made. <laughs> Uh, and the whole concept of the racist think he's racist, which I'm, I guess drove some support. But I just don't see where <laughs> sisters would come in and be like, you know what? That's our guy. <laughs> I, just, I just don't no, see it. I, 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 I don't either. You know, the exit polling can be a little anomalous in the sense that the sample size uh, can be a little strange. Also, I think we have to understand this. This is an important thing, and you know this is true. We have to acknowledge that about 10% of black people are going to vote stupid all the time. And here's why. <laughs> because 10% of black people are going to be stupid about everything. And here's okay. what I mean by that. You get 10 brothers together, you know there's one brother who all he wants to do is be unlike the other nine people he's with. Right? <laughs> and so we have to you know, understand that about 10% of us are always going to be doing something crazy. Um, and, and I think with Obama, I would suspect that more black people voted against Obama than would admit it, but just everybody had a good sense not to admit it when it was Obama. <laughs> because <laughs> you might want to be able to come back to the cookout at some point. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, seriously, everybody knows that friend who prides themselves on being contrarian. Right, right. Sure, or or ultra woke hotep. I don't believe in voting because <laughs> voting never help. Yeah, <laughs> those people. There, um, there's that too, right? Or get off the Democrat plantation, right? Whatever it is, right? Right, right. right. And, 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 and so there's always going to be some fools out there. But um, you know, you know, like you said, you know, that was a tough loss to swallow because we knew we had that. You know, and the thing is, I was claiming him personally as your boy's boy. So I'm like, yeah, that's my boy's boy right there. That, that's my that Randy. <laughs> well, there, there's still hope. And the reason being is because Florida apparently has automatic recounts, no matter the fact that uh, Gillum has made his uh, speech conceding to DeSantis. Right. Uh, if the voting difference, if the differential falls below 0.5%, um, then it, it's automatic. And apparently what came out today is that there are still a number of votes, I think provisional votes from Broward County that have not been counted. And the percentage right now is very close to that right. 5% mark. So if it turns out that he falls into automatic recount, then his concession speech was really for nothing. Though I, I do think it was very premature. I will say that. I think that when you have an election where, you're only down by 1%. You definitely want to wait and see if a recount is possible. Well, but, um, but like you said, a concession speech isn't official. It's not a thing. He could still, right. you know, assume office. You don't, you know, that's just a formality. I couldn't believe the poise he had in the concession speech. And it, it convinced me that I can never run for office. <laughs> 
I would have at least had to do one of those Hillary Clinton things and be like, look, I'm going to need a couple of days to get my head around this. Right, right. <laughs> Let's all come back in a couple of days. I give my speech then uh, because right now I'm about to embarrass every black person who's ever lived and several generations who've yet to come. I'm about to embarrass <laughs> people <laughs> at least until 2082. All right, at least until then, every black person will hold their head down because I'm going to act a fool up in here. Um, especially like you said with DeSantis, you know, it's one thing when you lose to someone who's, you know, equally qualified, you know, just you could be go either way. Right. But right. when you lose to this chucklehead who didn't have anything to say, but, uh, hey, he's black, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, this is why the state's 46 in education. You're some dumb asses. Right. And this is why I didn't want to be president. I didn't want to be governor of your stupid state anyway. Kiss my ass, everybody. Right. You know, this is just the kind of speech. Uh, it would have made a news. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> we made every news station, uh, but not, the, not, not, not the right way. What, Stacey Abrams, what happened to sister girl? So Stacey Abrams is still in the midst of the fight and I am okay. happy about it. Um, so this is a little bit different from the uh, O'Rourke situation. With Stacey Abrams, it looks like Georgia's precincts, all the precincts except for the major counties that make up Atlanta. So that would be your, I mean, not really Gwinnett, but a little bit of Gwinnett, DeKalb, Fulton. Those counties didn't report till late. And the reason really being late. is because there was an injunction filed by the NAACP based on some voter suppression issues that were going on in those counties. Which, you know, for those who don't remember, uh, her her opponent is up for the election. I know, I'm trying not to laugh, but this is like legit like he's over the elections. So <laughs> no, 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 now here you go being divisive. How you gonna call it voter suppression just because they don't bring the cords to plug in the machine? <laughs> By the way, uh, how do you not do that? Why why do you keep them separate? Who keeps the cord separate from the machine, right? Don't you wrap the machine, the cord around the machine when you when you plug it, like when you when you put it in the, in, in the locker for two years? Who the heck keeps them separate? And it just happened that just coincidentally, all the black cords uh, right, they couldn't right. find. Right, right. We just throw, throw those voting machines in a warehouse. Uh, <laughs> so, so they've been having some issues now. Keep in mind for those who are not familiar with uh, Georgia, particularly the. Atlanta region, uh, there are a lot of black people in Atlanta. I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> if you have a drive Atlanta, you might be surprised. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot. I'm not, not surprised. Politically, politically active, you know, people, black people with success and money, like a lot of black people with influence in Atlanta. And, uh, and so it's a very bold move. Um, but they were, they were able to get the polls to remain open until 10 o'clock. And now they've also been able to buy more time because I think they're going to be counting votes for the ones that they found since until they said about Saturday morning. So, I mean, even though she looks a lot further away from Kemp percentage wise than Gillum was, um, these votes are going to pour in. And I mean, the assumption that we're all making is that Atlanta held it down. So (laughs) so it's going to be that every Every ballot that comes out of Fulton County, uh, DeKalb County, Gwinnett, like any any vote that came out of that region is going to be for Stacey Abrams. And if it is not, shame on you. <laughs> shame shame on you. Absolutely. Shame, 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 shame on Oprah came out. If Oprah came out, you got to, you, you got to, you got to vote. Now, you know, the thing I just, and maybe I'm just a, a, cynic, a cynic here, I just can't imagine that the guy who's responsible for counting the ballots is going to uh, count them straight uh, because who he's also running for election. So even if the ballots come in, I imagine they're going to lose some. He, he's going to be putting them in the wrong pile. Oops, I'm sorry. That, 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 I thought Laquan voted for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, you know, but this, this could be pivotal because what we're looking at here is, you know, 2018 voter suppression, things that people think were items of yesteryear. Right. Um, and it's, it's in your face and it's showing you how messed up the place is. In addition to, I mean, I just think about all the, the gerrymandered districts, particularly me being from North Carolina. 
all the gerrymandered districts that have set it up in such a way that the election results are supposed to achieve a desired result from the GOP. Right. <laughs> and, and the fact that we are still, despite all of that, this close uh, to major gubernatorial decisions, uh, that, that means something to me. Um, that, that gives me hope, uh, even though right now it looks like we may be on the wrong side of that hope, at least based on what's been reported thus far. But it wasn't like last night was an absolute loss, even though our most popular races didn't turn out to be the blowout victories that we expected. There were a number of Democrats across the country who were successful in their bids. And we put people in all kinds of offices now that represent all different structures and, and, and uh, races, ethnicities, uh, sexual preferences, everything all across the map. And it's a beautiful thing if you look at it. So we exactly. So let's get to the positive. Well, big positive, of course, we took back the house. Okay, took back so, the house. That's easy up in in the, in the wheezy. All right, so right, we, right. we got a house back, and now Auntie Maxine uh, can go ahead and, and and try to get those tax returns. All right, absolutely. Um, now the. The Republicans looks like they've expanded their their lead in the Senate. It looks like it's going to turn out to be fifty four to forty six. It was okay. uh, fifty one forty, you know, uh, forty eight um, as 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 recently or fifty one forty nine. Um, we, so um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, if you're listening, girl, uh, go to bed. Get you don't you stay up past eight o'clock? Don't you don't 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 you even be anywhere near secondhand smoke? Um, right, right. I, I, you need to be nothing but vegetables and, and vitamins. Um, I'm gonna be over at at six o'clock to take you for your walk. Um, we need to all, <laughs> I think, you know, pull together. Everybody's assigned a day, and we got to make sure this woman uh, stays healthy uh, for the next two years. If um, if if any of the cancer comes back, colon cancer, you can have my colon. I don't need the colon. I don't need that bad. I really don't. <laughs> we got to keep Constitution in line. So just let me know what you need, girl, and I got you. All right. Oh yes. So so one of the big things uh, since we're talking about very powerful and important women, we've heard this this voice of women who have actually changed the landscape of the government in this election this year. So now it's looking like we have about twenty two percent of women representation in the House. Absolutely. And 23% of women representation in the Senate. So that's a good thing. This is positive. That's, 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 that's really good. Absolutely. We're giving people an opportunity to have the reins of power who prior did not have that opportunity. But I also want to go down on some of the, the winners individually that we saw come up. So one, my, my favorite thus far, Ayanna Presley coming out of Massachusetts, she won as a representative. She'll be going. If you don't know, that's the, the dark skin sister with the braids. Okay. Uh, Mary, she was holding. I got a picture of her on the brothers in law Facebook page, holding up her black power fist. So, <laughs> so that's what won me over. <laughs> so um, she's coming out of Massachusetts. Part of the reason why we have taken back the house. We also have Johanna Hayes coming out of Connecticut. Absolutely. Um, we've got, let's see, of course, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who becomes the youngest woman to go to Congress. I, I don't know how you always pronounce that so well, but absolutely right. Um, just 29. And, um, and, and, and she's coming go, going into the House. Um, that, that's huge. Um, in addition to, to her, one of my favorite um, is, is, is Sharice uh, Davids, or Shanice, I'm sorry, Davids. Um, out of Kansas, um, she's a a, a Native um, American sister. Hold on right. a second. We're... Sorry about that. I, I gotta hold on. Turn this off. What's wrong with these people? Uh, <laughs> commercial started running. Anyway, um, she um, you know, is out of Kansas, a Native woman, a former MMA fighter, and a lawyer. We should have had her on the podcast when we could get her. Absolutely. Well, it's not too late now. It's not too late. Um, so I, think she, I, think, I think if she want to get reelected, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Well, so we're we're dealing with so many levels here. She's she's openly gay, she's Native American, uh, MMA fighter, and lawyer, and policy engineer, and all this other stuff. Uh, community college background, then turned that into a very good educational background, and she's coming out of Kansas. So who knew, right? So this is absolutely not what what I would have expected. And if you've uh, gotten a chance to see the picture that Sean King took of her, uh, let's just say that her bicep is such that I don't think Mitch McConnell is going to be saying no to her when she when she <laughs> has her things. <laughs> <laughs> I know I ain't saying no. That, that's, all, that's all I know. Um, you know, we had the two sisters um, in the Midwest, which broke ground. Um, uh, the sister from Minnesota and the sister from Michigan, two Muslim women. Um, uh, the, the sister from Michigan or Minnesota is actually also Somali. Um, and uh, so, so, so that was groundbreaking. Ilhan Omar out of Minnesota and Rashida... I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Rashida Talib from Michigan. Absolutely. Now, now the sister from Minnesota, um, like I said, is Somalian. I think that should count for two black people. Uh, okay. that's, that's, that's original black. We should get two points for that one. Um, okay. So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have the sister in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it tells me a lot about Minnesota, the fact that, you know, any other place – if there seems to be a Muslim candidate running, uh, there's always this vicious smear campaign of Sharia law and all that stuff that people want to run on and, and not realizing that uh, the primary domestic terrorists in our area are uh, white Christian men. But that's that's neither here nor there. Oh, now, how, are you <laughs> us, how are you trying to get us canceled? You see what's happening down there. You see what's happening to him, right? Don't try to get us canceled. We we we, we get started yet. Um, white man, I'm sorry for him, but we, you you guys are all right. I ain't gonna even mess with y'all. Plus, I like to open my mail. All right, I'm not. I want to be sitting here trying to trying to call the FBI every time I open my mail. So that was Jesse. All right, I didn't say that. All right, white man, I, I did not say that at all. Um, by the way, the reason of the sister could win in Minnesota is you know it's a local house race, and you know that outside of Somalia. The largest concentration of Somalian people is in Minnesota. I did not know that. Exactly. So they kind of have their, you know, their their couple districts locked down. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually it's actually amazing, um, you know, that they have this you know, thriving community. Because every time I go, a lot, of, a lot of you know, I always meet a Somalian cab driver, and I always ask the brother, you know, uh, it must have been a heck of a climate change. To go right. from right, you know, <laughs> Somalia he, he here and uh, and 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 he's always you know was teeth chattering like yeah I, I'm not sure I'd do it again. <laughs> I said why do you go to Arizona? I was like because uh, they don't have you know two million Somalians there. Um, so you know it's, it's a wonderful thriving community there. They're starting to get some representation. This is a good thing. Awesome, that is great. Well, in, in addition to these great people who are on the ballots, there were also a number of ballot initiatives uh, nationwide, the biggest of which in Florida. Congratulations to all the convicted felons. You now have the right to vote. Uh, so that's going to free up one point five million people uh, to be able to vote in the next Florida election probably featuring Andrew Gillum again. So, so uh, just, you know, give thanks where it's due and vote for the person who helped to tout that into existence. Uh, and, and this was something that uh, largely was adopted on a bipartisan basis, which sounds like something that doesn't happen anymore. No, that um, was bizarre. 66% of the people, the Koch brothers had come out for it. Very, very b- bizarre. Um, I just thought the Republicans wouldn't be caping for that. But like, you, you know, and I think, you know, you mentioned a good point, um, you know, in a conversation we had earlier is that I said the Republicans would never support this. But then I'm sitting there, you know, almost thinking like like, like the racist, like it's all black people. Um, but no, I, 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 I forgot. We, we got opium now. Right. Yes. The great uh, equalizer. <laughs> absolutely right and then of course like you know it's florida uh so we got another you know 40 50 percent uh criminal population uh i'm surprised they you know, i'm surprised they have polls now uh or, or polls open because uh i wouldn't think that there'd be a million and a half floridians who didn't have felonies oh yeah 
I mean, you know, what's what's telling and what a lot of uh, African-American people, particularly outside of Florida, are saying is, you know, you have this great thing that was pretty much touted by this great candidate. And um, <laughs> the thing gets approved, but the candidate doesn't. So people were more uh, people were more satisfied with having uh, convicted felons vote than they were to vote for an actual black person <laughs> who's trying to help them. I, I'm I'm a little bitter about it if you can. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing on that recount. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. I, I'm 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 playing with you, especially for for Abrams as well. Hey, I, I don't even mind if Beto gets you know get get gets a recount. Um, <laughs> you know, good 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 for you. Um, we also had, in addition to these individual candidates, and you know, we were talking about the ballot initiatives. Um, we had the big one in Florida, but then we got a number of other ones all across the country. Um, one of them, I guess, um, dealt with um, Washington did something kind of cool. Washington passed kind of a Black Lives Matter type um, bill. It's not specifically about African-Americans, but it says that it requires mental health and de-escalation training for police officers in an effort to reduce officer-involved shootings. Now, sadly, there are only seven black people in Washington, but those brothers will be a little safer uh, tonight. And hopefully this can be a model for other states and we can get this as a national movement. It's nice to see that, you know, a Democrat state did something for black people. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you, Washington is always interesting because uh, I teach oftentimes in my class kind of the results of what happens when people don't listen to communities for years at a time. And it always <laughs> results in violent riots and, and lots of uh, damage that takes decades to repair. Well, <laughs> Washington, particularly in Seattle, was the site not too long ago of some pretty big riots. Uh, <laughs> And I wonder, you know, sometimes how much that plays into people wanting to actually take that leap into progress and ensuring that this all comes to fruition. Uh, If I remember correctly, I think Washington was also where we were introduced to the Black Lives Matter movement in primetime, because I think that's where Bernie Sanders had gone to um, to uh, give a speech. And the first time the two sisters with Black Lives Matter interrupted his speech and we were trying to figure out, like, why were they interrupting him? Because he's a friend. I think that was in Washington as well. Okay. So, um, you know, maybe there's some historic input there or something we can take and definitely something that we would seek to replicate in states across the land, though I think uh, that's pretty much a pipe dream for southern states who are very happy with their officer's degree of racism and shoot first, ask questions later. Uh, particularly the members of the black community. I think they're very satisfied with that. Sadly, sadly, yes, they're even willing to pay for the lawsuits for that. That's the thing that's amazing to me is that, you know, it's not like, for instance, Freddie Gray's family didn't get money, right? So, you know, you think that even if you thought, you know, that your officers, you know, were right and shouldn't go to jail, that you wouldn't want them to cost you a million and a half, two million dollars every time as a city. Right. You might want to find a less expensive way. Right to deal with these, but you know, uh, we'll we, we, we work on that. Um, in, in the meantime, we, we got a we got a win for weed. Absolutely, um, weed. I got to tell you, uh, probably, um, really, um, it probably had the best night of all. Um, <laughs> so, if you, if you Snoop Dogg, uh, this was a good night for you. Um, we can add for Snoop, Michigan, the states that have recreational marijuana. Uh, so not surprisingly, North. Dakota uh, turned it down. They also turned down electricity. So don't worry about North Dakota. <laughs> they, 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 they'll get that stuff together. So now we got right. nine states that allow just recreational weed. Missouri, right. and then this is the shocker of the night. Utah approved medical marijuana. Utah. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. so the BYU game is going to be lit from now on, uh, cause everybody's got cataracts in, in, in BYU from now on. Um, and so we got 31 states, uh, that allow for the medical marijuana. We pretty much got most, a lot of the country covered, but we don't have a lot of the South with an F, uh, yeah. covered. So, um, Snoop, you're going to have to just do the north and, and central parts of, of, of the country um, in the East Coast. 
Um, but we, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to get um, to, you know, an interesting place because this is what happened with pretty much um, gay marriage. It also happened with interracial marriage. There becomes a point, a sort of a tipping point, and where you get enough states and a majority of states, and then it just all, you know, um, the dominoes, um, you know, come down from there. Uh, so we, it looks like it will be a thing in our future just when I'm too old to smoke weed. So thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> well, and the other thing I'll say is, I mean, I, I feel horrible that the state of North Carolina is going to look at all these other states making all this great money and revenue uh, <laughs> on uh, the taxation of mm-hmm. weed dispensaries and things like that. And while, you know, it's still a fresh idea, we're just going to let it all play out and get oversaturated by all other states and then I'm sure, you know, 200 years from now, when we say, hey, it might be a good idea to make it recreationally <laughs> available here, uh, <laughs> nobody's going to care anymore. Well, um, and here, here's the crazy part is you guys already grow a crop that people smoke. It's not yes. like you don't know how to do this, right? You know how to do this better than anybody. And and by the way, the other product that, that you know, kills people quicker. Right, right, Do so you right. think they want to just transfer? Think about you, they already got the packaging facility, et cetera. Philip Morris, you know, just be coming out with, you know, <laughs> Marlboro uh, highs uh, instead of lights. And, um, you know, they could, they, they, they could go ahead and handle this. Um, um, let's see. But North Carolina did, though, on the other hand, uh, give us another voter ID law. So congratulations. Oh, my goodness. We, we, it was a bad night for North Carolina. Um, <laughs> we, so we had, uh, six uh, constitutional amendments on the ballot. Uh, all of them should have been denied, but the only ones that we were able to nix were uh, the ones that impacted the judiciary. Because for those who don't know, in North Carolina, our uh, Republican general assemblymen have been in an open season trying to attack the judiciary mm. so that they can ensure that the judges, uh, A, are party affiliated that the judges are uh, have there's an ability to overwrite a judge from a legislative angle. Uh, and they wanted to put together this judicial panel. Uh, they've already done such things as limit the ability of judges to be able to waive fines and fees for poor individuals who come before them in court. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a further uh, attempt to step into the powers of the judiciary, but it was blocked. Now for everything else um, we lost. So uh, that voter ID, for everybody in North Carolina listening to this, make sure your driver's license is correct. Make sure your ne- as a matter of fact, I can't even tell you to get your driver's license correct because the next step is they have to define what a qualifying identification marker would be. Uh, we don't even have that. So it's, it's going to be a mess. Uh, we've, we've got Marcy's law that came through. I know some people have different feelings on it. Uh, I think it's stupid. So basically uh, Marcy's law is a law that at its very core says that for any crime that a defendant is, is, uh, going to be able to get out of, of custody or, uh, have a court date that this person, the victim, uh, has a right to be informed about it and to come to court. And as you can probably imagine, the impact of this is going to be tremendously great for people with money, but horrible for people with, without it. Um, and so, yeah, and, and on top of that, it's just kind of superfluous because the district attorney already has to subpoena victims to come to court anyway. Uh, and in our, in our state, we already had, uh, a, a, an agency that would contact victims of specific crimes. So like, uh, violent crimes, domestic violence, murders, rapes, like those victims already get called. So there, there was no change coming for that. Uh, so we're really just going to expand all that. Uh, and, and I think it's just unnecessary intrusion into uh, what oftentimes is going to be more so poor people. But, you know, we, we've yet to declare war on poverty. So it's the way it goes. Poor people pay your bill. Um, <laughs> but we weren't the only we weren't the only state to do this. Uh, and, and, you know, surprisingly, looking at some of these other uh, ballot initiatives, um, when we compare ourselves to Alabama, we look pretty progressive. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so is the Taliban. Well, everybody looks right. <laughs> in Alabama. 
Alabama decided to um, do the um, amazingly unconstitutional thing of declaring that women have no right to an abortion, despite the fact that the Supreme Court has at least currently decided that women do. Um, Now, thought would be is that, okay, you could do this if they were going to try to test Roe v. Wade, and someone's going to test it soon. But the, the, the things that Alabama passed and West Virginia passed something similar don't even allow anyone to do a test case. The way it has to work for someone to be able to overturn Roe v. Wade is some state has to pass a law saying that abortion is illegal. Here's the penalty for it. Someone has to have an abortion or perform one, be arrested, tried, convicted, and then appeal that conviction, right, so that we have standing that there is an actual case or controversy. This is dumb. Um, <laughs> this is basically someone saying, you know what, basically them passing a resolution saying that, you know what, we think that slavery was a good idea. Um, <laughs> it really doesn't matter uh, as long as the Constitution says, um, because in the game of rock, paper, scissors, uh, Alabama loses to federal Constitution every time. Yeah, I mean, and and Alabama's not alone because West Virginia apparently thought this was a great idea to include in their initiatives, too. Um, So we've got those two states that now have declared that the right to abortion does not exist for women. So um, for all the women in Alabama or West Virginia, uh, our advice to you, uh, relocate. Um, (laughs) And... and, um, you know, and, and also speaking of uh, slavery uh, possibly being a good idea to some states, Colorado uh, has recently stepped into the 21st century and deemed involuntary servitude to be illegal uh, in Colorado. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what that's about. Now, Colorado, though, we, we got to give them credit because they actually moved to the 22nd century. Um, they actually now have the first openly openly gay governor. Um, we've had some, you know, some, some some you know undercover gay governors in the past, but this is our first one, Jared Polis. So congratulations! Um, and so that, that that's that's good progress. Colorado had the weed first. Colorado is pretty much up there. They, they at least in twenty you know fourteen. They're 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 in the current century. Uh, so so you got to give them a, a, a lot of props. Um, the person who, however, uh, did not have such a good uh, morning, at least, uh, was Jeffrey uh, Beauregard uh, Sessions. Yes. Yes. Jeff Sessions. I'm sorry, Jefferson Beauregard. Jefferson Sessions. Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. So uh, for, for those of you who know, and if you've been listening to the Brothers-in-Law podcast, you may remember that uh, our very own Sean Carter had a nice breakdown of Jefferson Beauregard Sessions and some of his personal opinions about him, but I guess those <laughs> opinions are now rendered moot because he is no longer in place. He has decided to resign at the strong, strong, extremely strong recommendation of President Trump. Uh, and so what this does is it throws the oversight of the Russia investigation into a tailspin, which conveniently occurred the exact date that the president found out that the Democrats have taken over the house. Not saying that it's, it's not a coincidence. I'm just saying that, you know, we knew he was going to go, but the timing is just impeccable. Well, it's amazing to me because most people would wait a day or two to make it look like they weren't waiting until the midterms to be able to dump the guy so they can get rid of the investigation. Uh, Trump, I got to give it to him. He does not play uh, th- th- that game of uh, appearances. Right. <laughs> yeah. Trump is going to be Trump. And so he's getting rid of this guy. He's got about 60 days before the Dems get in office and, and, and take control uh, to be able to do what he can to get rid of this investigation. For me, uh, Bobo, as I call him, getting fired. I, I feel like almost like like maybe a woman uh, if, if, if their baby daddy get fired. Um, they, they, they're happy about it because they hate him. But um, they're kind of sad about it because the checks might stop. Right. <laughs> and maybe that's not the best analogy, but I feel that way about Bobo, which I, I hate him, but he was keeping the Mueller. 
you know, investigation intact. Um, and now, you know, it, it's going to be the guy that they brought in to replace him. And, and, and I'm not even going to, I don't care about his name. I can look it up, but who cares? Um, it, it's been on CNN, you know, the last two months talking about how this investigation is stupid, et cetera. So I think we have a hint as to what he's going to try to do um, with, with, with the investigation. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of us who have been sort of holding our breaths and thinking that Mueller was going to be the answer, um, it's going to be interesting what, what happens in the next month or so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think this is the first time that I've actually seen Donald Trump uh Kind of, kind of on the fence about some things. Uh, I think that Donald Trump came out in a press conference today and gave us the exciting, the most exciting press conference I think I've ever seen. Uh, because all he did was basically, uh, fuss at reporters for, for an hour and a half, uh, and basically, you know, establish some degree of dominance over them, despite the fact that they're there to ask questions. So, um, there. Here's the thing is, and I, I'm going to give Trump his due this one time, and I'm going to deny it later, um, and, and, and that it's dumb, but I understand. It, it, at this point, Trump feels like the White House is sort of his house. You're going to come okay. all up in my house and challenge me, and we have the, we're going to play here, the um, the dust up between him and CNN's uh, Jim Acosta. Um, I, I'm going to skip to the important part, but the thing is, Acosta comes up and says, President, I want to challenge you on saying that the caravans were a bunch of invaders. They go back and forth with this. And so then the planet, then the car oh, yeah, you, you heard my answer. I'm going to get to the really, really good part. And at some point, the president gets through with him. All right. He says, I'm done with hearing your stuff. Let's start now. Sexual, you know, it happened a few days ago. And uh, they're hundreds of miles away, though. They're hundreds and hundreds of miles you know away. That, that's I not an invasion. Should, honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. All right. And if you did it well, your ratings well, let me would be ask, much better. If I, if I may okay, ask one enough. other question, Mr. President, if I may, if I may ask Peter, one other question, are you worried? Of, that's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was enough. going to ask one of the, the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Mr. Excuse me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if I may ask, on the Russia investigation. Are you concerned? That that you may have. I'm not concerned about anything with you the Russian investigation because it's a hoax. Are you, That's enough. Put down the mic, Mr. President. Are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation, Mr. President? I tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts. Well, I'm not a big fan of yours either. So I you understand. Know, to be honest. So let me- <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, now I got to tell you, and 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 pray for me. All right, everyone should pray for me always. Anyway, pray for me this time because I got to tell you something. Don't you kind of wish? That that had been Obama at some point. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I'm big on, on freedom of the press, man. Like I, I feel like part of the the job description of being a president, even though um, I can see how how you would be how you would be interested in, in, in those kinds of reactions. I think I expect <laughs> the president to have a little bit more professionalism about the job. And I think that there are ways that he can go about, you know, not answering questions or only calling on the people that he wants to talk to or whatever the case may be, but it looks bad. And I, and I think Jim Acosta was right to try to push him on certain issues because one of the things that um, CNN and a lot of other news outlets have been harping on is this concept of Donald Trump, a being in bed with Fox news, obviously, and then B um, this this infringement on the freedom of the press. So, uh, you know, it's not just his beef with Jim Acosta that's been going on forever. But you know, April Ryan asked the question. He told her to sit down. Um, that the the sister from PBS asked him a question about a statement that he made, saying that he was a nationalist, and asked if he felt like that uh, triggered any kind of response from white nationalists. And he told her that was a racist question. So now <laughs> apparently, questions are racist. Questions about things that you say 
are now yeah. racist. Uh, <laughs> oh no, so, let's, let's be absolutely clear. He's a fool. The press is finally getting it. You know, they act like he was a normal human being, you know, for the first right. you know year and a half. So, but what I love about it now is they're not even pretending. You know, you right. stand up in front of the most powerful man in the world and you don't say, you know, I'd like a, a point of clarification, sir. No, no, Acosta says, I want to challenge you and tell you how you a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, that is the right response to, to a dumbass, right? You, you know, you got to pretend like he's, he's smart. But the thing that, that that's hilarious is, is that, you know, this is two years into it. Yeah. You know how over time, you know, the president gets even a little more surly. You know, but by, by year eight, even Obama might, you know, you know, he wouldn't raise his voice, but he might, you know, have a snide remark from time to time. Uh, right. This is this is Trump now. All right. Imagine him in 2020. Right. And, and, and what I want to see, we all want to see. I want to see the press conference he gives the day after he loses in 2020. Do you think he's going to lose it? <laughs> I hope he loses in 2020. But 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 the 2020 post, not the concession speech, but you know, remember he had to he had to you know remain in office for another 60 days, right? Right. You understand that I would have a little attitude myself, all right. But 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 the attitude that he will have every day, he'll be coming out there, and you know what, America. Kiss my entire ass, America, right? <laughs> Every day. I think you would quit, by the way. I think, by, you know, by, by December, you'd be like, you know, I forget you. I ain't, I ain't coming back here. All right. You know, just mail my pictures and stuff to me. I ain't coming back to this, to this crappy house. I got a gold plated house at, at you know, in, in Florida. Um, and so, um, of course, I'm, I'm living for the day that, that, that he loses the 2020 election. I think the only way that's going to happen is, is I'm going to go ahead and make the announcement here. Uh, I'm going to have to run for the office. <laughs> I'm running for president now. Now I need the help of the the, the brother-in-law's family. Um, I got some outstanding debts, people. Uh, so we got to pay those off. Uh, so I'm gonna set up a GoFundMe uh, after this, and we can pay off some of some of those debts. Get get get, okay. get my credit right. Um, we we also some of you out there listening are gonna have to forget some stuff that happened in the '80s. All right. You're going to have to just forget uh, that, that spring break, 87 in Cancun. You're going to have to forget that. Uh, <laughs> pretty much all the greater good. Maybe all <laughs> sophomore year, you're going to have to forget about a lot of that stuff. Um, but, um, but, but we get some amnesia and some funds. I think I'm going to make a run for it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great, man. You know, uh, Brothers of Law will sponsor your run. We will, we will make sure that we uh, go with you on the campaign trail and, and report at every stop. And, uh, you know, I think this could be a really good opportunity because uh, I think my political ambitions, particularly after last night, are dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> Man, come uh, on, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive, Jesse. That's your name. You got to keep hope well, alive. Let, let me tell you. So there's a very interesting thing. And I, and I talk about this on Facebook a lot for anybody who follows me. But um, there's a, a certain code of conduct that I was brought up to live by just based on my own parenting, my own upbringing. And it has to deal with what you do when confronted by racism. <laughs> and we've had this example after example, particularly in these Florida and Georgia gubernatorial races, where you got everything from voter suppression to the racist robocalls. Right. And then you have to have a debate with the person who's responsible for that and stand less than 10 feet from them but still present yourself to an American audience who has this standard of what a politician is supposed to look like and what a politician is supposed to say and do. Uh, and I just don't deal with racism like that. I'm very confrontational. So here's the point is, is that that was the case before Trump. Okay. You were, you understand that Trump at one debate assured the American people about the size of his dick. All right. right, right. Anyway, this is a white man, so you know he's lying. All right. But the point is, is that he set the standard. You could literally go out there and tell people to kiss your black ass, and you would still be much classier than the president of the United States. Because at least to my knowledge, there are no pictures of your wife out there naked on the internet. That's true, but we don't we also aren't covered by the white privilege that would allow uh, for, those, for those things to be swept under the rug. 
that, 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 that's very, very true. Um, but if you want to change and improve me wrong with the pictures, go ahead. Um, but, uh, no, but you're right. I, I don't you know. We don't have the complexion for the protection. So, yeah, you're probably right. going to have to try a little different uh, strategy. Absolutely. And and I just think I'm not – I don't know that I'm necessarily able to do that. Like, I I look at Ron DeSantis every day, his picture every day, smiling. And I'm like, this guy presented absolutely no program except don't monkey it up. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a black guy. He's a crime. That's all you need <laughs> for <laughs> Yeah. And, and and by the way, I'm also you know Trump's uh, you know bottom bitch, uh, and, and that that's all he needed. That's all he needed in Florida was you know wear right. that mini skirt, um, you know. And, and so, but you know, I want you to you know you just hurt now. Next week, uh, you get back in the game, um, and we go ahead and, and run. You know, I, I, I don't think about being president. Maybe I'd just be governor of Arizona. Yeah, man. That sounds great. That's that's what I wanted to be. I, I used to want to be a governor, and then I realized there are no other black governors in North Carolina. <laughs> and then I realized, okay, well, this might be a unique opportunity. And then I realized yesterday, North Carolina is still very racist. So, um, uh, no, no, no. You 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 got a better chance of being a uh, Miss North Carolina than the governor <laughs> of North Carolina. I'm gonna tell you that now. And you shave the beard. You're kind of cute. You might get you might get that one, but you're not getting <laughs> governor of North Carolina. You're going to move. Right, right, right. Absolutely. It's, it, that is a major task. But I kind of feel like, you know, at the same time, you need somebody who's going to be a real person, particularly a real black person, to kind of crack the ceiling so that people will be more accepting of the more, you know, conservative black person coming mm-hmm. along. Um, and so like, on one hand, I'm like, I should run the election. I want to run with no party backing and just go out there with, you know, green, black, and red flags <laughs> and just see what happens. You know, <laughs> what uh, well, go ahead on out there, CB4, and you know, and I'm black and black, and I'm black and black. It might work. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that being said, let's go ahead and wrap up here. Let the people, um, get back to their post election, uh, festivities. I don't know about you, uh, but I got to go to bed because, uh, I was up to about four o'clock, um, and four o'clock in the morning and Southern Comfort, uh, don't go so well. Uh, right. You got an eight o'clock <laughs> seminar in the morning. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm going to get, get on out of here. I think you are, uh, two. Uh, let, let me go ahead and cue up the music and we out of here.